<laughs> Someone give Andrew a hug. <laughs> hey, oh, I'm excited. This, this is the biggest. Hey, there it is. It's a very exciting day. Don't ruin it for and me. And we haven't even gotten to talking about what you're pissed about. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Today on the show, it is all Apple. We literally just turned off the live stream from Cupertino. We've been soaking in all the news about the new iPhones. Basking in it. <laughs> Marinating, if you will. And I've been still trying to learn the names. We've got the XS, the XS Max, right. and the XR. Correct. We're going to be talking. did it. I did. I wrote it down, though. We're going to be talking about all of those new models on the show, explaining what they are, how much they cost, what the differences are, and maybe even recommending which one you should buy. Yeah, we can do that. Plus the new Apple Watch Series 4. Mm -hmm. And we'll be talking about what Andrew was hoping to see that they did not announce. Couple things. Yep. Couple things. Plus, in our final segment, we will be naming the winner of the new Xbox Adaptive Controller, which we profiled on last week's show. So stick around if you entered that contest. And with that, let's jump in. Let's jump in. What is the first story of the day? So the new iPhones Obviously. Cle clearly are the, the first story. Andrew, for somebody who didn't see the live stream, who's just catching up to this news, first off, give us just the basic rundown. As I said, we've got the 10s, the 10s Max, mm -hmm. and the 10R. Let's do the 10,000-foot level before we go deep. Okay. So Apple announced three new phones today, which is what was expected and what was you know in the rumor mill over the past, especially month or so. Um, the iPhone XS is the follow-up to last year's iPhone X. Um, being an S year, what that means is that on the outside, we're not going to really see any physical differences. Um, but on the inside, there's a lot of changes going on. And this year, actually, it felt to me like it was the most changes internally for an S phone that I can remember. So those were the two those were the two phones. iPhone 10S and then the 10S Max, which is basically just a 10S but bigger, so 6.5 inch display. The body is about the same size as an iPhone 8 Plus, but just an edge-to-edge -edge display like you find on the iPhone 10. So bigger screen, same size body, accomplished through basically very thin bezels. Yeah. New new display type, so it's OLED. Um, instead of LCD. And yeah, other than that, though, usually there's a difference, more of a difference between the the standard size phone and the plus phone. So in the past, like the plus phone would have two cameras instead of one, or the plus phone would have optical image stabilization, whereas a smaller one wouldn't. This year, it from what I saw, the 10s and the 10s Max are the same phone with the exception of screen size, physical size, of course, and battery size. Other than that, it's the same device. So is the 10s the same size as the current 10? Correct, yes. So the screen size on that yes. is? Yes, it looks exactly the same as your current iPhone 10. And just so we know the landscape here, the 10s starts at $999, so $1,000. Mm -hmm. The 10s Max starts at 10000 or I'm sorry, $1,099. Did you so say 10000 I did say 10000 Um As long as we're talking pricing, <laughs> though, before we get to the 10R, um, we're, you're just talking about what it starts at, but we should kind of go over the range. So if you want to buy the iPhone XS, non-max, 64 gigabytes is $999. Mm-hmm. 
256 gigabytes is $1,149, and 512 gigabytes is $1,349. That is for the 10S. $1,349. Yes, for 512 gigs. Now, let's say instead you're like, you know what? I don't want the 10S. I want the Max. I want the biggest iPhone screen that there's ever been. Well, that starts at 1000 and what was it? $99. Yes. So $1,100. Yes. But as you go up, I'm pulling it up right now, 256 gigs, $1,249. Yep. 512 gigabytes is $1,449, also known as $500 or $450 more than a MacBook Air. Wow. So as you're saying there, which is exactly what I was thinking, you can get a very good computer Mm -hmm. with very good processor Mm -hmm. and a lot of memory for that price right. for almost $1,500. Right. Now, in fact, you could buy two pretty decent computers for that amount. Let's be fair. <laughs> in fairness, yes. we're talking about 512 gigabytes of fast SSD storage, yes. which if you put that in a computer, you're going to start to see the price creep up a little bit. The A12 Bionic processor, um, last year's A11 out outshines a lot of the process, Intel processors that you'll find in laptops, it'll actually outperform them. It outperforms the MacBook Air. Okay, so as long as we're talking about these higher-end iPhones, yeah. b- before we get into the 10R, correct? Let's talk about that processor because I think it's one of the features that stood out to me. One of the yeah. specs that stood out to me. They're calling it the first seven nanometer chip ever in correct. a smartphone, and it's more power efficient. Six-core fusion architecture with two performance cores that are up to fifteen percent faster. Okay, lots of speeds and feeds yeah. there. What does that mean in practical terms? Um, what this means, so the smaller you can make the chip, right? If you think about, so last year we had a 10 nanometer chip and now it's a 7 nanometer chip. It's basically saying, you know, if you have, if you think of a room, to get from one end of a room to another, it's faster to get from one end to another the smaller the room is, right? To go wall to wall. If you're running across the room, the smaller the room is, the faster you can get there. So what they're doing is they're packing more power into a smaller chip so these transistors are shorter. So basically whatever it's computing and needs to do, it does it faster because there's less distance that all these things need to travel. Um, Last year's A11 processor was the greatest processor in any mobile device. It beats actually last year's A11 processor beats the new Snapdragon 845 that's been shipping in Android devices this year. The A12 is beating the heck out of the A11. Apple is very far ahead in terms of mobile processors. Now Huawei did announce a 7 nanometer chip when Apple said they were the first one to do this, I remembered Huawei just announced one a couple of weeks ago. However, it's not shipping. Mm. So it hasn't shipped in a device yet. So since Apple is shipping these phones in about 10 days, technically Apple is the first to ship a 7 nanometer processor. So in practical terms, this means that things like augmented reality gaming and a really cool augmented reality app that they showed called Home Court that basically oh my God. tracked somebody. Well, that wasn't a game, though. That was a demo? It, it's, it, well, it's not a game. It's more of a tool, I more would say. More of an app, yes. Yeah, you're it's, right. not, it's not a game. Good point. Well, 
I guess I would turn it into a game. So the, the app yes. the app is essentially tracking the player around the court mm-hmm. and seeing where they're shooting from. So it's basically you're on the basketball court shooting hoops, practicing, right. tracking when you make, when you miss, what your percentages are from different spots on the court. Steve Nash, the retired NBA legend, was on there talking about it and explaining basically that if he had had, had something like this when he was training, he could have been that much better because he would have been able to analyze where he was weak on the court right. in terms of his shots, not just guess and use intuition, but use actual data. And that really is the kind of scenario that this new chip unlocks because, as you said, it's much more efficient and it allows that kind of high-end processing that you wouldn't have gotten in a smartphone, say, three years ago. Yeah, and what's crazy is when you watch the home court demo, and if you haven't seen it, you that's one thing you should go watch. They're basically pointing an iPhone at a basketball court, and there was a girl just shooting the basketball. The app recognized and marked where she was standing when she took the shot and showed if the shot went in or not, kept a tally of the successes and failures of the shots. And then it even showed, I forget what it's called, when they show like the skeleton outline of your body. Right. Now, usually you need to have, you need to be wearing markers on your body for a camera to pick up in order to display your skeleton like that. Yep. And the iPhone just did it just by recognizing that there was a person in front of it. There was no markers being worn, which that was what blew me away the most. So much is happening inside that tiny little device, and I recognize it's augmented with the cloud, but still, there is so much happening there. It it is literally a supercomputer now, or the equivalent thereof when you look at something that might have been a supercomputer 10, 20 years ago. The other scenarios we saw were augmented reality gaming, and we've we've seen that before, and it's enabled by Apple's AR kit, but the level of interactivity, of speed, it seemed to me from the demo on stage, at least, that it was at another level. Oh, yeah. It's it's this phone has, you know, Apple's been working. They've been pushing hard on AR and you can just tell the power that they're packing into these phones, I think, is wasted on a lot of people, quite honestly. Like the the power in the phones are not used by the vast majority of buyers. You know what I mean? It's the people that are pushing the boundaries with things like AR apps and, you know, heavy camera users. Uh, we saw some great new camera features. If you're just using like the typical apps, email and phone calls and texting, you're kind of wasting, you know, you quite honestly, you probably shouldn't be buying the iPhone XS. And that's why they released the third model. Just to cut to the chase on two of those things, you really lit up, your eyes lit up when they announced the dual SIM Explain what that is and why it's important and why it matters to you. Yeah, dual SIM basically is something that you'll see a lot in Europe and in, you know, basically outside the U.S. Um, It allows you to have the SIM in your phone, which is your whatever phone plan you subscribe to, but also lets you put in a second SIM card. So, for example, when I go to Tokyo or Thailand, instead of taking out my SIM, and missing all the text messages while I'm there because there are people texting me at my real phone number because I have to put in a local SIM to get data, I can keep my phone number in there and I can have a second SIM in there just for data if I'm traveling. Or if I'm a professional, I can have my work SIM and my personal SIM. I can separate work and home. So basically, dual SIM allows you to have two different phone plans or phone numbers or, or data lines in one device instead of having to carry two devices around. So that's a 
few features from the 10s and the 10s max let's talk about the 10r yeah explain where this falls in the family of iphone devices well it's interesting so the 10r is the entry-level model of the of this 2018 iphone release however the 10r is also the mid-size so it's bigger than the 10s 10S is 5.8 inches. 10R is 6.1 inches. Um, but as entry le- as an entry level device, it's got an aluminum frame instead of stainless steel. It's got an LCD display instead of an OLED display. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lower pixel per inch, so lower pixel density that matches the iPhone 8 pixel density. So a Retina display instead of a Super Retina display, or what they call liquid Retina display. I don't even know what that means. Um, and it's got a single camera. It's got the same camera as the iPhone XS, but just the the wide-angle one, not the telephoto camera. $749, so it's still kind of it's kind of pricey. It's not as inexpensive as, you know, iPhones in previous years, entry level would be like $600. So this is, you know, a little higher than that. And this is the one that comes in the variety of colors. That's so, right. It has six colors. And Apple has used this strategy before. But it's important to note, with all of these new phones, all of the new iPhone X phones, mm-hmm. none of them has a home button. They, home button's they dead. all full screen using the swipe up on the horizontal bar to yeah. replicate the effect of the home button. I got to tell you, I know that this high-end stuff is really interesting to you. It is. Yes, <laughs> it, it is. is. I have to say, for essentially a third of the price of mm-hmm. the highest priced iPhone that you're talking about here. Are you talking the, about the fifteen hundred, the fourteen hundred? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For basically a third of that price, the iPhone Seven mm-hmm. is now down to four hundred and forty nine dollars. It's still going to be available. And if you look at what you and I have seen on iOS twelve in terms of the battery life performance, the overall efficiency, and yep. just general speed, I, I got to say that iPhone Seven for somebody who might be looking to get into the iPhone world. It's got a home button. Oh, yeah. It's, it, I think if, if your parents or your grandparents or, or if you're just, you know, anybody is looking for an entry-level iPhone, that's really an interesting spot. $449. Sure. So you have the – what you have up on your screen right now is the current iPhone lineup as it stands, new phones plus the ones that are going to be selling from previous years. Exactly. Do they still sell the iPhone 10 or did they really remove the iPhone 10 from the lineup? That is gone from the lineup. Okay, so no iPhone 10. So you have the iPhone 10s, iPhone 10R, and then do they have the iPhone 8? iPhone 8 and the iPhone 7. Okay. So the iPhone 8 is going to be about $600, 599, and the iPhone 7 starts at 450. Got it. So obviously low amounts of storage though. Yeah. That's not bad. So really interesting changes to the iPhone lineup. Now, the ultimate rub on Apple on all this stuff is it's incremental improvements. Now, I think we're concluding here that they're pretty impressive yeah. increments, but still, the camera. yeah, this is not anything that is completely new. No, it's, it's still new as in, it's as new as the iPhone 10 is, which is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a new shift in what iOS is and the take on what the phone is. Um, it's it's a year old, so you're, it's basically an increment of the new the new way, the new direction. So in that sense, it's new. Um, I think the camera improvements are are vast, uh, especially being able to change the f stop of a photo after you've taken the photo. This is something we have not talked about yet. Basically, with the 
portrait mode right now, you can take a shot that looks like a professional shot yes. with the blur in the background. What do they call that? Boca? Boca. Boca. Yeah. What does that stand for? Um, it just means the blur in the background. Okay, all right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and, and But now, after you take the shot, you can adjust that blur and actually make it clear or more blurry. Right. It's really impressive. Absolutely. And it's, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, this processor is allowing you to do. It's capturing all this data and then it's applying the bokeh after the fact artificially or I guess a combination of artificially and what's actually there. And then allowing you to adjust later, which we haven't seen it implemented like this before. So just another thing with the camera. The front camera's improved as well. Um, Gigabit LTE, which the, none of the iPhones have ever supported yet. Um, Android phones have supported. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of incremental improvements, but together... I think it makes for a much better phone. Okay. This was just part of what Apple talked about during its special event. Yeah. We're going to talk about the other things that it talked about coming up next. You're listening to Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Hey, we are talking about all of Apple's announcements. I think I've got all of the iPhone models down, the the 10. The, the, oh God, I lost 10's it. 10's gone. The 10's, 10's gone. gone. Run them through for me, Andrew. We got the 10S. We've got the 10s Max. Yes. And then we've got the entry-level 10R. Okay. So we've gone through all of that. Now, there was something else you wanted to say on this topic about was the pre-ordering. It? About pre-ordering. Yeah. Yes. So um, I always pre-order these devices, um, number one, because I want them, but number two, because I want to make sure I have them on day one to do videos and things like that, video reviews. Um, I am going to Orlando tonight, and I won't be back until Friday evening which means instead of staying up until midnight to pre-order, I need to stay up and, or wake up at 3 in the morning to pre-order these phones. Now, have you ever done a, a midnight pre-order of an iPhone? No. Okay. Well, you, you wait till midnight comes, and then midnight happens, and then you spend about 20 to 30 minutes refreshing and getting errors and trying to order. So instead of doing this at midnight, which I have no problem doing because I usually go to bed around 1 in the morning anyway... I need to be refreshing and getting frustrated at 3 o'clock mm, in the morning. Time. Well, you know. I'm not happy about that. Okay. All right. I, I, can, I can understand that. All right. It is time for our second segment, and this is the National Car Rental Story of the Week. Yes. Geared Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Go national. Go like a pro. You can find Andrew's other show, Technically Speaking, on the nationalcar.com control center or youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. Mm-hmm. And- Our topic on this segment is very much attuned to traveling. It's the kind of thing you would take with you, and that is the Apple Watch Series 4. Correct. Apple Watch Series 4. This was the first time that Apple has changed the form factor of the Apple Watch. Since the first one, which we now kind of refer to as a Series 0, through Series 3, it was the same externally, so visually, and then on the inside is where they made the changes. Today, they announced a new Apple Watch that's a little bit bigger. So instead of 38 and 42 millimeters, we now have, I believe it's 40 and 44 millimeters. So a little bit bigger. The displays now do an edge-to-edge. They go edge-to-edge, so the bezels are very minimal, um, similar to what we see on the iPhones nowadays. So all three iPhones, minimal bezels. Um, All the iPads we expect to be announced next month, minimal bezels, and now Apple Watch minimal bezels as well. So Apple's going for the whole bezel-less look. Something that I did not enjoy 
is that they've dropped the ceramic casing option. Okay. I buy the ceramic or Apple Watch. I just think it looks cool. It looks different. Ceramic's gone. So you can only do aluminum and stainless steel now. Okay. But, I mean, most people are not going to care about that. I care. And just to confirm, it is two sizes, 40 millimeters and 44 millimeters. Yes. So that compares to the Series 3 how? 38 millimeter and 42 millimeter. Okay. So just a little bit bigger. As you said, it is much more uh, of the screen showing uh, Mm -hmm. bezels. They're saying that the speaker is 50% louder. So, And really, I know you're going to ask me whether anything that they showed today is going to make me buy the new Apple Watch Series 4. I actually was most intrigued by the previous release where they announced the native cell capability. In other words, it didn't have to be tethered to your iPhone to do things Mm -hmm. like listen to music or or use them with your AirPods, that kind of thing. So this to me is just making it that much better. But the tipping point where I inclined to buy an Apple Watch Mm -hmm. would have been the the prior generation. And you did not. I did not. So I can only buy so many things. With the new version, (laughs) with the new heart rate stuff, hey, Yes. Listen, the older you get, the more you have to be worried about falling down. Yes. And that was one of the things they went over. Okay, so before- You fall, before what? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It'll sense- So, no, but so before we jump into the heart rate stuff, I do want to talk about this. So okay. it senses when you've taken a fall. Yeah. And then if you're lying there for at least a minute motionless, it will initiate an emergency 911 call. Correct. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Which um so you and you mentioned when they when they announced that feature you're going to you think there's going to be a lot of false alarms until I told you well it's going to wait a minute. Now, I had a false alarm or actually my wife had a false alarm. We were at a a nice dinner in Chicago and she accidentally triggered oh, calling mm-hmm. the police. Yes. And all of a sudden we just hear like from under the table, "Hello, what's your emergency?" and we're like, "What's what's going on in here? What's happening? Someone's did something happen? Like, yeah. was that outside? And then realized it was her wrist. So um, hopefully we're not going to see a lot of false alarms of people falling down or people maybe dropping their watches. Yep. But I am a big fan of when technology isn't just cool or just tech for the sake of being tech. I like when technology can also have a real value and, like, enhance your life. Okay. And this is one of those things – a lot of these health features Apple talked about today are features that really can improve or even save your life. It's not just about having cool features on your wrist. It's actually about something that can, you know, improve your well-being. So it's interesting to see the interface here. If you do fall, they say, it looks like you've taken a hard fall. <laughs> it kind of, kind of reminds you remember Microsoft Clippy? It, yes, yes. It looks like you're writing a document. Mm-hmm. And then, but you can... Choose the option, I fell, but I'm okay. Or you can have them call emergency <laughs> SOS. Okay. Hopefully this feature is more reliable. There needs to be another Clippy option was. that said, no, I didn't fall. Like, Well, that is, I fell, but I'm, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, no, you I, I didn't fell, fall. I didn't fall. Just yeah, to false kind of alarm. help it. Yeah. This actually was not the most surprising feature of the new Apple Watch. Okay. We're going to bring on Claire McGrain, who is oh, the producer of our podcast. Claire's coming in. And also covers health technology and has lots of insights into this to talk about Claire, the new get in here. ECG feature, the new electrocardiogram feature of the Apple Watch. Go Claire, ahead, Claire. We've got a seat here for you. Do I need to move over? Yes, please. Hello, right, everyone. Claire, I'm moving over. Everyone in the <laughs> chat, on, say what's up to Claire McGrain, producer. So... Claire, explain what they announced in terms of heart monitoring. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is something Apple has been 
um, experimenting with for a while. They've been working with doctors at Stanford. And basically the way that a Fitbit monitors your heart rate, the Apple Watch also monitors your heart rate for things like when you're exercising to look at your calorie count and stuff like that. But they announced that they're taking it way, way, way farther than that. They're going to be able to monitor your heart rate the same way that a doctor would in an office using an electrocardiogram machine or an ECG. So basically, this is huge because, number one, it lets you monitor someone's heart rate all the time. So if you have a heart problem, that often won't kind of show up conveniently when your doctor is is True. there. Yeah. Um, and also because... This basically breaks down the wall of FDA approval for consumer electronic devices. It's not very common for a consumer electronics device to be approved by the FDA as a medical device. Now, why is that? Like for people that saw that slide and they were just like, okay, big deal. What does that mean? FDA. What? Yeah, what? Said FDA. Right. It was like what a rap what does that there. mean? Why? How is it breaking down the walls? Why is it so difficult to be to, to receive that approval? Really, it's hard to get FDA approval for a lot of things. There's a lot of security steps that you have to go through. You have to prove that it's not going to be harmful. Um, mm. There are a lot of there's a lot of red tape. And until really recently, the FDA didn't have to deal with approving something like a smartphone because a smartphone couldn't do anything. Right. So this is kind of the first step of this consumer electronic device that's kind of made so that you can just use it for casual things like checking email or whatever, it suddenly is advanced enough that it can do things that really specialized medical equipment can do. So really, this is kind of one of the first times that it's come up as a problem. So for the last couple of years, the FDA, to their credit, has been really working through, oh, this is kind of a new paradigm. How is this going to look? And it's been working with people and companies kind of one-on-one on smaller things like approving software. What does that look like from a regulatory point of view? But this is really the first big high profile moment where, you know, this is something that the FDA has said, yes, we're okay with this. And it kind of opens a whole new door. I've had family members who've had this kind of heart rate monitoring just to basically try and diagnose chronic issues mm-hmm. with you know their cardiovascular system. And it was a device that they basically had to have with them. I was going to ask, how big are these devices? Because this Apple Watch is small. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure it was not as small as or, or as conveniently worn as the Apple Watch. Could you imagine this being a new market for something like the Apple Watch where it's almost prescribed. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So there are there are a few wearable ECG monitors. There's actually a company based just near us, um, just outside Seattle, called Cardiac Insights that makes a wearable ECG monitor. And that one is also FDA approved. It has a battery life of up to seven days. Um, so people are using it to do things like study what your heart rate is like when you're climbing a mountain, when you're at high altitudes, um, or something like you described, Todd, where you know uh, someone just has a heart problem and needs to get some data on their heart over a couple days. But basically, none, no device like that is going to let you do anything else. Mm. If it's a medical device built for a specific purpose, it basically only does that thing. So for someone who maybe has a family history of heart disease, they're not going to wear one of those around all the time. It would be kind of pointless. But if they wear the Apple Watch, they could say, oh, that's weird. I'm getting kind of an alert or, you know, my doctor saw in some data that I'm having an irregularity and that might be a sign that I'm at risk for heart failure or a heart attack. Um, that's the kind of situation where this could definitely be a new market for Apple. Wasn't there something in the prior Apple Watch release that also 
caught our attention from a health perspective. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but I remember that this is part of a journey, essentially. Well, last year, Apple announced the heart study. And so it was basically, if you owned an Apple Watch, you can basically download the app, join the study, and they would monitor your heart rate through the year, and it would submit different readings to Apple anonymously. And they just ended that study a few weeks ago. And I'm assuming that study is what allowed them to, you know, find ways to monitor low heart rates. I forget what it was. It was low heart rate. There was three things. There was the ECG, the low heart rate, and there was some other thing. I don't know if you recall. But there was three heart things that they were monitoring that they weren't monitoring previously. So Yeah. Yeah. And that that study is definitely a big reason, I assume, why they got this FDA approval. Um and also, you know, it's important to note that they've been working on this this heart rate stuff for quite a long time. But I'm sure internally they're also talking about things like um, tracking sleep apnea. So a lot of people get sleep apnea. It's kind of a dangerous thing. It's hard to monitor because it only happens when you're asleep. And so maybe the, the, it could be used for that. It could be used for other kind of exercise-related um, things. So there's there's like a whole world of stuff they could go into. The heart disease happens to just be the first one they tackled. Got it. Very cool. So in terms of the Apple Watch overall, one of the other things that they made clear was that the new crown – the basically the way that you navigate it now has haptic feedback, so yeah. it actually feels like you're turning a knob. Yes, yeah. So haptic feedback, um, a new you know to support the ECG. There's a new casing on the bottom. It does that easier now, and you also have better battery life. Well, it's similar battery life, but you're getting more features. So you're getting the bigger display. It's driving more pixels. Um, it still does 3G. And you have a stronger taptic engine, which is allowing you to have that haptic feedback. And then it's also the other big thing, most people don't get how big this is, is that it's 64-bit now, 64-bit processor. So you're going to get almost twice the speed from your Apple Watch at launching apps and doing things. And it sounds like those better specs, the better processor would enable something like an ECG. Yeah. Exactly. You need a lot of power and also a lot of connection to the cloud to store data and things like that. Um, And something to touch on is that Apple has really been clear about security and privacy with the healthcare data, which I assume is um, a a part of its larger strategy. You know, they kind of build themselves as this very secure tech company. It's interesting. We've seen all of the big tech companies, most of the big tech companies, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, start to apply their different approaches to health in different ways. And Mm -hmm. this is just the latest example. Yeah, it's a perfect fit because of Apple's strength in consumer electronics and the need for something like this wearable device that the medical industry hasn't really figured out how to do that well. So they found a niche that they're going to be successful in, I think. We're talking about the Apple Watch Series 4. It will start at $399, and then the GPS and cellular version will be $100 more than that. And the Series 3, the prior version, will still be available, much as they still make the prior version of the iPhone available. That will cost $279. Right. Now, that is the entry level for each of these. That's going to be the pricing for the aluminum models. If you want that new hotness, the gold stainless steel, you're looking at like 700 bucks. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll pull it up right now. I'm pulling up the pricing right now. Don't question me, Mr. Bishop. <laughs> now, here we go. That's Casing, stainless steel, model, Apple Watch. Let's scroll down. 
You're on the store right now. As I'm speak. on the store as we speak. If you want the smaller one, it starts at six ninety nine. If you want the four, so the forty millimeters. If you want a forty four millimeter stainless steel, it goes up to seven forty nine. You could Same all... price as the uh, R X the ten R. Sorry, ten R. Ten R. I was just right. going to say you could almost buy a phone for that amount. Just buy like ten R. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that is a look at the Apple Watch. When we come back here on Geared Up, we're going to be doing two things. First, we are going to be revealing the winner of the brand new Xbox controller. And we will be talking about what Andrew wanted to see at the Apple event that they did not announce. Stick around. And by the way, Claire McGrain, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Very, very helpful in terms of understanding. Stick around. We will be right back on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. All right. Before we get to our final news item or Mm -hmm. uh, news void (laughs) of of the show, we want to give away... The Xbox Adaptive Controller that we talked about last week on the show. This is the new controller that uh, retails for $100, mm-hmm. works with the Xbox One. It is designed for people to uh, people with disabilities to, ha- to have better access, but it also is really interesting and potentially something that anybody would want to use because of all of the ports on the backside that you're able to yeah. plug in a variety of different peripherals to. So. Our winner is... Who is it? Oh, I thought you had this queued up. Oh, I thought you had it queued up. It is Enrique Herrera. Shout out to Enrique. From Chicago. So our reach is far on this contest. Enrique, we we will uh, be getting in touch with you to make sure we can get this uh, Xbox adaptive controller to you. All right. With that, back to Apple, Andrew. Mm -hmm. As the show wound down, Tim Cook came back out and... I started sweating. Yes. And you were waiting for one more thing. I wasn't even waiting because usually one more thing means we have one more big thing. I was just waiting. Okay. Well, you we want just, one more little thing. Some, a couple of little things. A couple of little things. First of all, first of all, I was expecting an orange iPhone XR. Okay. <laughs> That's number one. Okay. Big oversight. They announced <laughs> Coral and someone was telling me Coral's going to be the orange one. Look, look over that clear screen. That is like pink. Coral is like pink. That's not... <laughs> Orange. No. I'm upset. No, it's not orange. I'm upset. Yeah, it's pink. Secondly, <laughs> what happened to the AirPods? Oh, good point. No new AirPods. No new AirPods. Now, I wasn't expecting new AirPods like a next generation AirPod, but I was expecting them to announce, hey, you can buy the new wireless charging case for your current AirPods, mm. which you could place on your AirPower mat. Where's AirPower? Okay. For people who have not followed this as closely as you, what is AirPower? When did they originally show Ugh. it, and when did we expect it to be released by? First of all, AirPower was announced in like WWDC 2017. Yeah. I think it was WWDC. It is a wireless charging mat that is Qi compatible that allows you to place an iPhone, an Apple Watch, AirPods, if you have the proper case, all on this mat. You just place it anywhere, and it'll charge these different devices. The iPhone, if placed on there with other accessories, will show a display telling you the battery power of all the accessories that are on the AirPower mat. Now, Apple said they were working on this mat, and it would ship in 2018. That's what they said. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, 
Just, Everyone else is like, where's air power? It's been delayed. And I'm, I'm telling everybody, no, just chill. They said 2018. The best place for them to announce where it's going to be released is going to be when they announce the iPhone. They're going to announce the iPhone, and then they'll say, hey, now the air power, Matt, you can pre-order this as well. No, they didn't even say the word air power. Now, I think they may have announced this a year ago at this event, just to clarify that, rather than WWDC. Are you sure about that? I'm not sure. That I'm, I'm, that's what I'm reading on the internet here. Okay. The internet's so, never wrong. Okay. So it's been at least a year is the thing. It's been at least a year. So do you think there's any hope at this point for them it's just to weird. actually come out with this in 2018 as promised? Well, here's what I'm thinking. Did they shelve this? Oh. Like they didn't even say the word. They didn't even show it. Wouldn't there have been leaks by now if they had? shelved? Yeah. Usually leaks are, hey, here's this thing something's working on, rather than here's this thing they're no longer working okay. on. Usually leaks are, hey, we found this. Well, I've seen leaks on, hey, that thing's getting shuttered. I mean, just today there was a Google, well, I guess it wasn't a leak, but they, they announced that they're shutting down Inbox. I don't well, know they, if you well, saw that. Wasn't, yeah, that wasn't a leak. Yeah, that, that was, was an announcement. saying yeah. it. They always do that, though. But I'm just like, how do, what happened? What I'm I'm here I'm sitting here. What happened? Because the perfect opportunity to get people to buy this product is when the iPhone is released and they're in your store buying their iPhone. So what do you think happened? Is it technical? Is it marketing? Oh, is it's it... not more. I'm sure it's a technical thing because what Apple's trying to do is unprecedented. Uh, usually, have you used wireless charging? A little bit, yes. All right. So you you usually have to find the right spot on the wireless charger to kind of like connect to the magnet in your phone. Apple is saying, hey, you can just drop your phone anywhere on here, drop your Apple Watch, drop your, just drop it on the mat and it'll just charge rather than having to find the specific points. So no one's done this before. Maybe it's a technical challenge, but I can't see it being a marketing thing. It has to be a technical thing. So when you say no one's done this before, you mean that specific ability to locate Correct. it? Correct. Usually, if you have a wireless charging mat, even if it supports multiple devices, when you put your device down, you kind of have to, you kind of have to just move your device around just a little bit to find where it actually picks up the charger and then leave it there. So this is something where Apple just like just place anything anywhere as long as it's on the mat, it'll charge. No one's done that before. So the thing is, this is not Apple even... hasn't done it either yet, by the way, <laughs> because it's not out. The the thing on this is. The direct contact, quote, wireless charging yeah. is not even the biggest technical challenge that's out there. I've actually spent time with some of these companies that are doing over-the-air wireless charging. Are you kidding me? And that, to me, it's like Wi-Fi for electricity. Did you get to see about. a demo? Yes. And it Absolutely, worked. and it worked. Now, there are tons what? of limitations. There are FCC rules that are hampering some of them right now in terms of the amount of power they can put out. There's still technical limitations, but I have seen it work with small devices, so things like a watch, a Fitbit, you know, basically your AirPods, but it, it requires an adapter right now on the device to be able to take the charge in. That adapter mm -hmm. then communicates wirelessly with the charging source that comes in over the air. But yeah. my, my bigger point here is, if it is truly a technical challenge that is stopping them, stopping Apple from releasing this pad, that's pretty weak because it's not even the frontier of what's happening in terms of wireless charging. True. Now, I just went to Apple.com and typed in air power and got zero results. So what is going on? I think it might have been shelved. I'm not happy. Okay. Overall, though, big picture. Yeah. Let's bring it home here and wrap it up. All right. Are you, as an Apple user, mm -hmm. because you talk about the magic of this company. <laughs> I, I like the ecosystem. 
Are you happy with what they announced today overall? What grade would you give them? The things that they announced, yeah. the things that were announced, which are, again, going to be the three phones and the Apple Watch, um, I would say they did a good job. I think this is the best S-year phone um, that they've – I'm trying to think of one that was better. I can't think of a better S-year phone um, than this one. Like There was a lot of improvement on the inside of these devices. I think the iPhone XR, which a lot of people thought you know, going into this event, the cheap multicolor phone is not going to perform. Before we went live, I put a poll on Twitter asking – which phone are you most interested in? 10R, 10S, 10S Max. 10R was second place. 10, the regular 10S is the lowest. It's the 10S Max and the 10R. I think Apple is going to sell a lot of 10R phones, and they're going to increase the average selling point of the iPhone even more than they did last year. For me, I think I'm going to go with the 10S Max. Well, of course. Just to At give that a shot. Almost $1,500. Well, I mean, you need to have... You need to have everything. You need to have the best of everything. And 512 gigabytes, like I have a 256 gigabyte iPhone 10, and I'm running low. <laughs> I'm running low. I shoot video all the time. You know this. I'm a video guy. A lot of video on this phone. So I need that extra space. Um, okay. The watch, though, to me was the most impressive thing. Because of the ECG? Because of that, be- just because of the whole general... It's not just like when I buy a new iPhone, I'm not buying it for any other reason than this is exciting and cool. Like I just want the latest and greatest and it's cool. It lets me do cool stuff. Whereas the watch is more, I feel like it's still cool, but I'm buying something that like enhances my life. And that is, that's just unique in the whole tech world. I will say it sounds like, a minus. I'm going to translate that into an oh, A minus. A, yeah, A minus. I'll give them an A minus. I'm going to give it a solid B plus. And here's my big issue. Tell me. A lot of times you see things on stage, such as iOS 12 being unveiled at WWDC. And I yep. got super excited about a lot of the augmented reality stuff. Mm-hmm. The everyday, not the fancy augmented reality stuff, but my favorite thing that I wanted to try out was the Measure app. Yeah. In there. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I've been selling a lot of furniture lately because we moved to a new place and I've been trying to use the measure okay. app in the iOS 12 beta. And it's awful. Mm. Half the time, it's like not even registering the scene. It's not even. And then I'll I'll do the thing and I'll think, oh, I'm going to post this picture to Craigslist because it shows the actual dimensions on the AR and my couch is going to sell that much faster, you know, on the picture because you can take a... Oh. And then I actually check it with a tape measure and it's three feet off or not three, three feet. feet. It's, I've had <laughs> I've had a four and a half foot wide love seat that came in on the measure app at three and a half feet. No. Which doesn't work. Not good. So anyway, my that big is picture beta, thing though. is it's a beta, but my big picture thing is I think you can see a lot of really cool stuff on stage. I really want to try out this home court app, which actually is already available, by the way. Home court's available, just doesn't have all the new AR features yet. That'll probably come out just, you know, the day that the iPhones come out. Stuff know, looks update. great on stage. Ultimately you gotta try it out and it's yep. not always as great as you Hoped it would be when you use it in person. Well, maybe you need to get the new phone to make your measure app work better. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Are you, Mr. Todd Bishop, buying anything no. that you saw on stage today? No. Nothing? Nothing. Absolutely. Nothing. Oh, in two years, maybe. Like Claire? Like Claire. You buying anything, Claire? No, she's she's Claire, in, she's in the Android she ecosystem, Android confused. and Windows. I just like to ask. <laughs> I just like 
to ask people if they're buying stuff. No. They didn't hear that. She said, I'm tempted to buy the Apple Watch, but I'd rather have a Fitbit. Okay. Hey, said no one ever. Thank you for listening to Geared Up. If you're not already, you should subscribe to Andrew's YouTube channel to see our behind-the-scenes videos. And, of course, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app. Just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can get Andrew's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash gear live. If you like what we do, consider leaving us a rating and a review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a GeekWire podcast. You can see more of us from geekwire.com and Claire McGrain produces the show. Talk to you next time on Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Bye, everybody.